0: Well, good morning and welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee and I'm lead pastor here and it's great to be together today. I wanna make sure to welcome those watching online as well. Uh, It's good to have you. If you are new with us today, we are so glad that you're here. Um, There is a QR code that you will see on our screen and if you are new, let us know. We'd love to to know that you are here um, and just say thank you for joining us. Uh, The other great thing about this QR code, if you get your phone out and take it, uh, you can get to our weekly bulletin. So you can see everything that's coming up and happening here at Press. There's also links to do a few things. One, uh, there's a link to give if you uh, call yourself Uh, press home. We encourage you to give. Uh, We also have a text to give number, and we have a box by the back exit that you can use uh, to give as well. Uh, You can also sign up for a life group. Our life groups are starting up. There's some that have already gotten going, but if you have not found a life group to join, um, please let us know. We'll help uh, connect you with a group, Uh, both myself and Pastor Jason. We will be at the Connect table after service, Uh, so if you have any questions, please uh, come and ask, we will be more than happy to get you uh, set up with a group. Uh, next, with that, I want to highlight um, we just have a partnership with the Delaware Dream Center. And through this partnership, every Monday night, we give out groceries to families in Delaware. And so this is something we haven't highlighted in a while. We did do a block party this summer. So because of your support and because of your uh, willingness to help, we were able to sponsor a block party. Uh, We collected uh, items, school items for kids. So kids got to come and get items for school. We got free lunches, all sorts of stuff. Um, But that's because of our partnership with the, the Delaware Dream Center. But every week on Monday nights, we, we give out groceries. So if you or your family would like to be a part of helping with that, again, Pastor Jason uh, mainly heads that up right now. Uh, you can talk to him at the Connect table after service. This is a great, it's family friendly, um, but it's a great opportunity just to do something for somebody else. And uh, we have the privilege of having a great relationship with the Dream Center. And it's, it's good to be able to uh, just impact our community because of your support and uh, the things we do. Um, All right, we are still in our One Another series, but as you can tell, there's a little asterisk now called Press Stories. I'm really excited. Over this next month, we are going to be highlighting some of your stories, some of the stories of of just good things that have happened because of this church and ways that we've seen God move. And so I'm really excited for you guys to get to hear from uh, some people in our own congregation um, to celebrate what God is doing. Uh, but we're going to continue to look at, you know, letters uh, from Paul, looking at the church of how do we get along with each other? How do we uh, live with one another? Because I think most of us know uh, people can be annoying sometimes, right? Like it, it's it's hard to be in relationships. Um, and. And what's great is we have some great wisdom from, from Paul and some of the letters to the churches. And he talks about this. How do we deal with one another? There's actually, if you go through the letters, over 40 times, Paul says the one another phrase. Like, do this to one Forgive one another. And this last month, we talked about a lot of this stuff. And we're just going to continue to highlight how do we, as, as followers of Christ, how do we live together in a way that's honoring God, that's beneficial for the church, and beneficial for our community. Um, If you are new with press today, uh, almost pretty much every week, our teaching team, we get in a car, we put up some cameras and we talk about the message for today. So I'm going to have you draw your attention to the screens and have you watch the car video for this week.
1: we tend to be critical of the church because we care so much about how the church operates, especially when it comes to, uh, inviting people into Mm, our midst, you know? And, and if, if there's one thing where it seems like the church gets it wrong so often, (laughs) it's in embracing people that we're all broken and man, we all need Jesus. right? Right. And so if we can keep that in mind, I think that really helps us, when we are you know embracing people who are far from christ right Mm, and we often talk about this idea of christ the center and that's that's really the point we're just trying to encourage each other to move towards yeah yeah towards jesus yeah and uh that's gonna look odd maybe in a lot of places yeah because the people who aren't necessarily connected with jesus yet aren't gonna
0: act like people who are connected with jesus right yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's the, the the hard thing of, of living out, um, living out your faith around people that uh, have different values than you or have different uh, ideas than you, especially those who aren't following Christ. And that's really like the thing. It's like in our uh, in our value system, we want to influence unbelievers. How, yeah. How do you influence unbelievers? You got to earn the right. Uh, to right? Yeah
1: yeah how do you influence anybody to believe something that you believe like if you want to introduce them to something it's like i have found something i believe this yeah how do you influence them and i can tell you how you don't do it <laughs> you don't post a bunch of memes on facebook because that's <laughs> never gonna get anybody you know but it'll
0: show them how dumb they are and how yeah. smart <laughs> i am
1: Yeah. Uh, Do that if you want, (laughs) but it isn't gonna—it's not gonna get people to go. You know what? I was wrong about everything. They were right. I thought, and (laughs) I have now seen the light. This is the new way. This is the way. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's—you know—people are inspired uh, by your actions and how you live your real life, right? How you engage others, and you know how you show love, right? If the church wants to engage people who don't go to church or even people who don't like church Mm -hmm. then we better start loving people who don't go to church and don't like church to show them what real love looks like Right? Mm
0: -hmm. yeah taking a a look inside and seeing how can I do that so
1: we've been asking for stories and uh, particularly how press church and church body has impacted people's lives and uh, what those stories look like so I think we got one let's take a listen
0: all right. Well, let's all welcome Adam and Jess Rickard to the stage. Are, are you guys ready to be interviewed? You got to talk into the mic. A little mic check are, you, are you ready?
2: A little mic check. Yeah, there you good. go.
0: <laughs> well, so this, um, as I said, this series, we're going to be highlighting some stories and, uh, this, you guys are a special couple to me. It's, it's been really cool to see, uh, how they have grown and how they have uh, just developed, not only as a couple, but as believers in Christ. Uh, I'm going to share a little bit of background just from my perspective um, because Jess and Adam joined us for the first time on a Christmas Eve service in 2021? Yes. yes. So you guys are almost two years. Wow, it's crazy. 2021, uh, Adam was dragged and Jess was like, hey, there's this church on Sawmill. We're going to go there for Christmas Eve. Um, and they enjoyed it, and they stuck around, and Jess, you know, you, the one thing I said that I was so impressed with is Jess jumped in, like, head first. She was like, hey, I want to get in community. I want, so she just joined a life group, uh, got to know people, and Adam uh, at the time was very indifferent. He was kind of like, yeah, you do that Jesus thing, whatever. He was more supporting Jess, which was great, you know what I mean? It's great. He was being a supportive boyfriend at the time, and, uh, and it was just kind of cool to see how you know, he would come around a little bit. He's like, "All right, you guys aren't too crazy. All right, I think I can, I can come around, and, and it's okay." Um, but I had the privilege of seeing some some I would say milestones in their life. So uh, both myself and Pastor Jason, we got to do their pre-marital counseling, um, and that was even something that was a kind of a shock to me. Is like I've known them for six months at the time, and they're like, "Hey, we want you to do our wedding." I was like, well, sweet. So we got to spend a lot of time together in premarital counseling, just getting to hear both of their stories. Uh, and then I had the privilege of marrying them last fall, um, which was awesome. Um, and then what was really cool, and I'm gonna let him share, but come December, uh, it was, I forget the day, but it was a Saturday night, and I get a phone call, it's it's almost what, 10.30, 11 o'clock, and I see Adam's calling me, and I'm like, I should probably pick this up. Like I just, So I picked it up, and I'm going to let him share kind of his story. But it's really cool to see uh, how God started moving in Adam's heart. So Adam, uh, you just got baptized in April, which was awesome. A lot of you guys got to see that. Very cool moment. We got to dedicate Chance as well, your son, that same day. Um, and so I know some of you heard about there was a phone call and this stuff. So I just wanted Adam to share a little bit of kind of his interaction with uh, what happened that night and just kind of your, I guess, God story, yeah. I guess.
2: All right. This is a fun one. So <laughs> as uh, Sean mentioned, two years ago, when we started to come here. I was not into the whole Jesus thing. <laughs> I was just here being nice to Jess, making sure she was, you know, going to a nice place, you know, so and so forth. So without sketchy people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so December of last year, 2022, um, we are on our way back from New York City, Jesse to live in New York City, so we took a family vacation there, us two and our son. We try to go to New York every year during Christmas and we got to take our son last year. So we're driving back, coming through Pennsylvania and it's just a long, long, long road, nothing on it. It's the middle of night, snowing, dark, nothing out there. Uh, so we start the driving and I start feeling a little weird. Left arm started feeling a little weird. Five minutes later, the left leg starts feeling a little weird. Five minutes later, right leg. And then you start to go through all the things in your head, and I'm like, all right, am I having, you know, is this a heart attack? Is this a panic attack? What's going on in your head? And you start doing everything. So I start taking ibuprofen, Tylenol, caffeine, water, everything you can, you can essentially take. Nothing's working. I'm half an hour into this. And uh song on the radio pops on, it says, try prayer. And I was like, all right, screw it. So never, <laughs> never prayed once in my life, and I was like, all right, let's try this now. <laughs> so do a quick little five minute prayer probably the first one that I've ever done in my life and the first actually meaningful one I've done in my life uh, a few minutes goes by a couple songs go goodbye next song pops on it should not have been on the playlist whatsoever it's a song by Jelly roll called you know prayer it's essentially the song says I only talk to God when I need a prayer and I was like all right that's a little weird and then I start feeling better no f- weird feelings in your body. I'm like, all right, this is a little weird. I'm like, all right, is it maybe it's the water kicking in, or maybe it's the tunnel kicking in, or, you know. I'm kind of fighting with myself for a few minutes. And on this long, long, long road, the first billboard I'd seen in probably 150 miles, it just says God is real. Nothing else besides just that billboard. I'm like, all right, what what is going on here? And then you keep having this internal conversation with yourself. And so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna call Sean. I know Sean for a year at that point. You know, I never really dove into the whole religious side of things with him. He always knew where I was, didn't push the boundaries with me, but kind of let me do what I needed to do. So get to a rest stop and I go inside, call Sean. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, man. That's when I kind of talk to this with you. <laughs> and so I started talking through it with Sean and uh, the conversation, you know, was going great. And I'm sitting in this stool at a rest stop and uh, I realized there was a bunch of blood beneath me. And I had a, a scar from a surgery 15 years ago on my lower back, decided to just pop open. And I was essentially bleeding out and that's why I was feeling weird. And I had a uh, emergency kit in the truck and we go and grab it, patch myself up. And I'm sitting there thinking like, had I not spoke with him, had I not pulled over, who knows what could have happened on this long windy mountain road. And you start to kind of dive into a little bit more and you think a little bit more of what that means and what, this, you know, what the prayer meant, what the song meant. And Next day, I'm sitting in my living room with Sean having a two hour conversation I think it was like three or four hours but <laughs> it was it went quick so it was hours and hours I'd gotten off of work and it was hours and hours and hours of conversation about just what that meant and what it meant going forward and essentially shapes the way that everything's happened for the last you know few months and last year and it's been it's been good
0: yeah no it was awesome to see what I love is you know, we talk about sharing our faith and I think sometimes we miss just being consistent with people, and the fact that he was able to call me, and and I knew it was weird, because at the end of that conversation, he started acting a little funny, and it was very odd. I actually got off the phone call, like, it was weird, because I, I told him, like, I prayed for him, and then I let him go, and I'm like, he got really distant at the end of that conversation. Well, that was when he saw all the blood, and was like, oh, I need to... Do something about this so the next day when we met i actually got the full story i'm like oh wow you could have passed out and all these things and so it was really cool just to kind of see uh, i think the one thing i remember saying on the phone call is like adam i think god's trying to get your attention um and again just getting to spend time with him the night you know the the next night and, and walking through what does it look like to be a christian what does it look like to follow jesus like what does this even mean um, and so that was that was fun and I'll get into a little bit of that there was a conversation that we had and I and, and I said what it, it seemed like you were still had a little wall up and I'm like what is keeping you from stepping forward like what is keeping you from saying like I want to follow Jesus I believe this and you mentioned you're like I don't I can't be perfect like you, you said something like something along the lines of I can't be perfect like I'm not good enough or and there was like this idea that he had in his mind that like you have to be perfect and I'm like Adam like no like that's totally opposite of like it, it it's you know we are who we are because of what God has done in our lives and so I guess my question for you is what how has what is some of your past experiences in church and how has press helped to reshape that
2: for you yeah so the past experiences were all about i mean that's kind of set with that that perfect notion it's i came to church with jess but before that i had been to church hundreds of times uh in a previous marriage i was in a church family where actually my, my ex father in law was a pastor so i don't i'd, have, I'd have to always kind of get roped into going into church but my experiences with church then are essentially what just got talked about in the video. It was, if you're not perfect, that you had to be around perfect people. If you weren't at church, you were pretty much being chastised for it. I mean, I remember there was, a, I played football in college, and I got back from a game. We went, uh, we played a game in, uh, in Maryland. We got home at 4 in the morning on a Saturday. I got to bed around 5, then I didn't go to church the next day. And I woke up to text messages from several people at the church, pretty much disappointed in me for not being able to come. And that was my, essentially, experiences with church. It was always, if you're not perfect, you're not good enough. And it wasn't that they let you know that. They let you know that in front of Mm. everybody that was there. It was essentially like the first half an hour before church was, it was like a, you know, it was like a Jesus off. It was who could be the best person (laughs) for a half an hour before. Yeah, it was just, (laughs) oh, here's what I did. Oh, you didn't do that. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't do that. It's, you know, it's, they, they just pretty much just bring you down. And then... You know just wanting to come here and I was like all right you know, I'll, I'll come along and then it's very different with you guys it's it's more so just you know you you meet people where they're at within their process you know I, I told Sean I wasn't into the whole Jesus thing <laughs> he didn't push the Jesus thing he got to know me as a person you know we would do dinners with you and with Bethany and with the kids and just finding out that it's this church is full of good people not perfect people. I know you've said you don't want perfect people here yeah. because that's that's not it's not, not a thing. It's not real. It's not yeah. real. And you guys have been very open with us, very receptive to us, everybody here. And I mean I've met a lot of you guys and you know I never would have thought that You'd I'd be, be
0: sitting in this sitting chair sitting in this chair <laughs> doing the, the
2: baptism or hanging out with you drinking whiskey in your driveway right. or right. you know, this kind of thing. So um, Yeah. Yeah it's it's, it's been a Wonderful experience coming here, just from the standpoint of, just how nice. I guess is the perfect word to say. You guys have all been to me, mm-hmm. to to Jess, to Chance, to yeah. you know our son, and it's just been it's been a wonderful experience. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. You guys,
2: you know, you're not hounding just to kind of progress forward. It's just come
0: on, get your act together. Yeah, right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jess, I would I guess the next question for you, like how how have you I guess how has your faith been shaped? Because you come from a Catholic background as well, um, so church was a part of your story. It's not like you had a bad experience or anything like that. How has um, being at Press and just this community kind of helped shape you and your faith?
3: Yeah, I would say we came to Press on Christmas Eve. You know, I kept coming by myself, and Sean was like, "You should join a life group." And I'm like, "Sure, why not? Nothing <laughs> to lose." You know, I don't know anybody, but I'll just go by myself. And then the day of. Like I don't want to go. I don't want to go. What I signed myself up for, and I go, and I was just extremely humbled to meet genuine, kind people who knew nothing about me, but were just so caring and open, and they wanted to know what I was going through. And at the time in life, I was going through some pretty.
0: You went through a lot. Of those fr- we were talking yeah, about, that. like yeah. you, you had some pretty significant life things happen.
3: Yeah, it was a rough time. I think <laughs> I was shedding a tear by the
0: first yeah you're like i'm coming and telling you all my (laughs) stories and whining and it's like
3: yeah and i was like these people probably think i'm crazy i only have bad (laughs) things that go on and that's why i'm here but it was like i i met incredible people that were like you know they wanted to learn about me and like how can i pray for you and what can i do for you to you know get you through this journey in life and it was like i remember specific people were just like you know how are you today like how is your grandma doing she's very sick at the time and just like giving feedback, and yeah. support, and prayer, and love, and it's like, without that, I, I think the journey would have been really tough yeah. to be alone during it, right. you know, and then I would share these things with Adam, and I think then you started to kind of come along on the journey, too, um, and just, I think, though, meeting such good people, and learning, like, you know, everyone has some kind of baggage. It might be different than yours, but everyone's going through something, and just relating right. to people, like yeah. you've said countless times. Yeah really helped not only humble the experience but know like it's not just you against the world. Yeah. It's yeah. everybody has something and it's yeah. like, you know, how do we get through it together kind yeah. of thing. So
0: what do you think has been like like with your experience and even with Adam, like what has been the biggest change, I guess? And I, I didn't I didn't prep you with this question. <laughs> we went through these questions. I didn't ask but this one I was just thinking about like what's probably been the biggest change either in your relationship or individually like how, what, what would you say?
3: Um, I would say at least what I see in Adam is I think he's so caring. Mm. You know, he's definitely has a new lens on life of, like, he wants to come here to learn how to be a better person, and how does he do that for himself and for his family, and it's yeah. like that's something that's just... Yeah. You can't even put that on paper to measure it. It's yeah. like that's incredible. So I think just seeing that and seeing like how we're able to bring chance when we can and just the journey and he loves it here he loves you and you know being here and it's just it's an incredible place that we can say like this is our home yeah you know
2: yeah that's pretty spot on pretty spot on (laughs) yeah
0: that's awesome i like i said i it's i get to hear a lot of these stories and i get to you know see some of the life transformations happening and i think it's it's great for us as a community to just want to one, get a little sneak peek into you and your you know your life and how God's working in your life and how you guys are growing in your faith um, and it's kind of fun too I remember like we put you on the spot when one life group like hey Adam you want to pray for us and you're like oh man like I'm not ready yet but it's like just seeing your growth and you you know learn hey does it what does it actually look like to follow Jesus and you're having to reshape that you know what I mean like you as you shared like you have this idea of what it was and now it's like relearning okay what does it look like for me to follow Jesus, for me to be obedient to God? Um, and I'm just, I, it is a blessing that you guys are with us and I get to share it with you and that you guys get to share it uh, together. This is this is the beauty of church and what we get to do. So let's all, can we give uh, Justin Adam a round of applause for sharing and just being open with us today? Thanks, guys. excited every week we're going to get to see another family or group and it's um i think it's important for us to remember what god is doing and how he's moving if you have your bibles with you say i have a a little message to follow up that i'd like for us to look through and it's ephesians 4 so if you have your bibles and would like to open and read along we're going to be in ephesians 4 today uh, verses 1 through 4 so get out your phones or whatever you can read it on the screen says this therefore i A prisoner for serving the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God always be humble and gentle be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit binding yourselves together with peace for there's one body and one spirit just as you just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future so when we look at this verse and obviously there's a theme that we're going to be going through today but the beginning of this verse sets the foundation so it's Paul saying I a prisoner of the Lord prisoner for serving the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God and so there's a thing with this is that our our theology motivates our ethics and what I mean by that is like how you view God, your understanding of God impacts the way that you live. It impacts the way that you do things. It impacts the way you treat other people. And if you were to read through the first three chapters of Ephesians, you'll see a primary focus on, I'll say theology. This idea of who, who is God. Uh, what has Jesus done for us? And it's really understanding God. And then we get to chapter four, and that is the response. So you say because of these things, because of this foundation of being called by Christ and of who he is, then we have something to do. We we have and we act a certain way. And my first slide that I have today is this, is that Christian ethics are ethics of response. Don't be good just to be good. Or to have some moral high ground, our ethics—the way that we treat each other—is a response to who God is. It's a response to what Jesus has done for us. And so, when we live our lives, it's not like, "Well, I just—I'm going to be a good person." Even Adam, I—people are like, "Well, I'm a good person." It's like, what does that even mean? Because I don't know about you, like, I'm not a good person sometimes. I'm selfish sometimes. I'm mean sometimes. Like we all know that we can do things that are not nice so why would we live this way and that's what i'm saying it's their ethics of response our life is a response to the truth of who jesus is to us we're responding to his grace in our lives and this is a common theme that you see in scripture we we are because of who he is we do because of what he has done for us who this person of jesus is who is Jesus? He's God. He died, he rose again. That means something for me. He's forgiven us. We do the Lord's prayer with our kids every night. And I was talking to my daughter Sienna of like kind of working through like every statement in the prayer, there's there's a depth to it. There's a reason you say those things. Forgive. Forgive as I have forgiven. So it's this reminder that not only am I forgiven, but now I'm expected to forgive. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Forgive one another. It's built into the prayer. But it's not just forgive because I told you so. There's a why behind it. Why do I forgive? Because I've been forgiven. I've done some things I'm not proud of, and I can be forgiven. Now when you have people who do things in your life, well, now I can forgive because I've been forgiven. When I know that, I can live out of that. We talk about identity in Christ. We talked about that last week. Because of who I am in Christ, because of what he's done, I can live a certain way. I can have confidence, I can I can love other people, I can forgive, and these aren't easy things, but when we think about it in the context of, okay, what has God done, who is he, then I can live this way. And so Paul's saying in this in this chapter here, because of this, because of what you've been called to, I want you to live a certain way. And so given the foundation of who Jesus is and all these things, what is our response? And so I wanna just highlight a few of these things that we see in his passions. The first one is this. It says, be humble and gentle. When you look at the Greek definition of the word used here, I I love this. It says, lowliness of mind, and then it says, a deep sense of one's moral littleness. A deep sense of one's moral littleness. And I love that. Because it's you reminding yourself That we all have the capacity to to not be great we all have the capacity to be like that and so we remember in in context of being together in context of what we're doing and living together be humble and gentle when you understand first that the person that you're going to you're not any better than them i'm no better than you We've talked about that. I, like, I try, like, yes, I'm up here, and I teach every week, and I try to study and do the best I can to present to you the gospel and present to you what I see scripture saying. I am a flawed human being. Ask my family. <laughs> Ask my wife. Like, I am flawed. But when I remember that, when I humble myself and remember, hey, you know what, I have, what is it, how does it say? I have moral littleness in my life. It helps you look at other people differently. So this first thing, as living together, be humble and gentle with one another. Remind yourself of that. The next thing it says is, it says be patient. Who's good at being patient? That's right, good, I expected that. Patience, The there's a commentary, uh, it's the NIV application commentary, and I loved the way it, it put this. It says this, it says that, that being patient is that this is the exercise of a largeness of soul, listen, that can endure annoyances and difficulties over a period of time. And we're all smiling. We know that can endure annoyances and difficulties over a period of time. We are called to be patient with one another. Basically saying, put up with each other. I'm sure you've heard the the adage of like, you know, if you're looking for the perfect church, it's perfect until you get there. It's true, none of us are perfect. We mentioned that with Adam and Jess. We all have flaws, we all are like, uh, and we don't even mean it half the time. It is one random thing, did you see the look that that person gave me the other day? I don't tell you what, I'm I'm gonna, and start saying things and then now you hold a grudge against that person because you think they said something or someone you know last week someone got the burger that you were going to get and so you didn't get one of the burgers or you know you know and then you're holding it against and oh pastor sean didn't cook the burgers fast enough and you know <laughs> can you can be mad at me for that i i I've heard too many stories and fortunately we don't have a lot here and we are a young church but I've heard so many stories of people leaving church because of annoyances or little difficulties that they weren't willing to work through and you may be here today and know like yep I've been there I think most of us have probably been there where we've instead of working through the issue or working through that tension we've walked away. I think this is really important, you know, Paul's saying, be, be patient. Enduring annoyances and difficulties over time. You are never going to find a perfect environment. You're never going to find a perfect job. You're never going to find the perfect person. Like, there's always going to be issues that you have to work through. And this is so important as a church body, as we are growing, as we are trying to impact our community and do great things. It's going to take us working together. It's gonna take us getting over annoyances and those little hindrances that we have to actually work through. And that would be my encouragement to you is in this patience, be willing to step in to reconciliation. Be willing to step into to because after you work through something, that relationship gets stronger. I'm sure you've been there before where you had somebody that you used to butt heads with and you worked through it and you talked it out and your relationship is stronger because of that but it takes work and that's hard and we live in a society that's like the one one of the most unfortunate things of our society is we technically technically don't need anybody else to get the basics of what we need in a in a day i don't need you i can order something i can order uber eats i can i can get groceries dropped off at my house i don't need anybody and yet we live in this very individualistic society we miss the fact that we need people but in needing people we're going to have to learn to be patient because there's going to be issues there's going to be frustrations there's going to be stuff that you have to work through be patient have a largeness of soul that can endure annoyances and difficulties and I would encourage you, if something like that happens, come to one of us. If, if a pastor does it, let us know. If there's someone in the church, let's talk through it. I'm a big talk-it-out person, so if you ever come to me with a problem, I'm going to get that other person, and I'm going to bring them in, and we're going to solve the problem. Because I don't like the he said, she saids, and everything like that. No, we're going to work it out. And we're going we're to be better because of it. And then the last thing in this, in this chapter, or this verse, this section, At the end of it, it's basically this. Do all of this in love. Be gentle, be humble, be patient. Do all of this in love. Now, the word love here is agape. It's agape love. And what this means, this is the the highest form of love. And what this means is it's, it's sacrificial. So it's not a feeling, it's not an emotion, it's truly an act of will. And it's, it's not self-serving. And, and we're all like, ugh. Right? <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you how many times that I, you know, I do something nice knowing that, well, that's going to put me in good graces with them. And then I can potentially get something out. We, you know, we, we calculate how our nice things that we do in love can get us something in return. But this agape love, it's, it's sacrificial. It's not expecting something back. So in all of these interactions with each other, in your humbleness, in your patience, in your gentleness, you're not doing to get anything. You're doing this because you truly want to serve and be self-sacrificial to somebody, to the community around you. This all sounds great, right? Oh, that would be great. Patient, humble people, doing it in this selfless love—that sounds like a great community, right? We can just live together in perfect unity. But let's be honest: that's not easy, and it rarely looks like that. And, and we we think that that's possible, but it's the other people screwing it up, right? It's the everybody else is always screwing it up i'm in the right there's a there's a reason why the apostle paul is writing this because he realizes that we will need to continue to encourage we will need the encouragement should i say to treat people and act the way that we're supposed to he knows that we're going to continue to have to remind ourselves of these things because if, if, here's the thing, if we are a church that's actually living out the Great Commission, that's actually influencing people to Christ, helping people embrace who they are in Christ, and embracing Jesus, then we are always going to have to work through these things. We're always going to have to work through these verses. There's always going to be people at different stages of their faith that act differently, that talk differently, that have different values than you, and to have these expectations, it's like, you know, I don't know about you, I'm I'm still being transformed as a person. There's still sin in my life that I continually have to to give to God and and ask for forgiveness. We're all in that boat. Whether you're a new Christian or old Christian, someone who's, who's thinking about following Jesus, like, that's gonna be, that's going to be there. We will continue to learn to, it says, you know, dying to yourself. You will continue to learn to die to that, that selfish piece of you the rest of your life. And to think that other people aren't going to be dealing with that is ignorant. We all are going to deal with that. And I, I think that's important that as we recognize and as we have a, a community of people that's that's growing, there's going to be people that come into this church that you don't agree with. There's going to be people in this church that, that you may not even get along with and that's fine you don't have to be best friends with everybody but you have to understand the bigger picture of I am going to be patient I'm gonna be humble I'm gonna be ser- a servant to that person yeah you might not be going out with to dinner with them that's fine but looking to the bigger purpose and I think this is why we've we've always talked about there's a there's a, a picture that we've used that I think talks about this well and it's the bounded set centered set and what this is, a lot of times in churches, we say, it, it's, a, it's a bounded set. So it says, do, do all these things. Like, this is, this is a bounded set. Do all these things. And if you do all these things, you're in. You're good. Dress right. Talk right. Don't let us know of the sin that's in your life. Just look the part. And you're good. You're in. And everybody else, oh, you're, you're not really saved. Yeah, you're Okay. And then there's this thing called the centered set. And and what it is, is it's is Jesus in the center. And all it talks about is the importance of heading towards Jesus. Heading towards the truth of who Jesus is in your life. And, and what's crazy is, you know, we got this lady over here in the corner. You know, you just look at her, well, you're you're so far from you're so far from Jesus. You're you're not you're not good but well, which, which direction is she pointing? She's pointing towards Jesus. She's heading towards Jesus. That's what we want to see. We want to see people heading towards, where are you? You may be close and think, oh yeah, I'm good. And you're actually f- falling away from Jesus because you're doing it on your, by yourself. You've you got the self-righteousness and you're forgetting the truth of who Jesus is and the fact that you need his forgiveness just as everybody, as much as everybody else does. Are we helping point people to Jesus? He is the one who saves, not their morals. Their morals is not what saves them. It's an acknowledgement of who Jesus is and what he's done for them. I can't tell you how many times I've given good apologetic arguments. I've, I've talked to people about why the Bible is true and why you can believe it. I have never had someone come to salvation that way of all the conversations I've had of why it's believable and why, why I believe, I think it's great to have a, ba- a, a backing of why you believe what you believe. I think it's great to know why you can say that the Bible is true and have confidence in that. To have scientific evidence of, of, of you know, the history of stuff. Like, fine, but I've, I've never had someone come to Christ because of that. Usually what happens is I get a phone call. Hey, I just want to let you know this happened. And it's a reminder that it's, that it's God who changes hearts. It's God who softens hearts. It's God who calls people to himself. And if we can't create an environment that people can meet Jesus and see Jesus and not have all these external things of saying, well, you got to get all this right first, that's what, that's what we want to see here. We want to let people know, hey, you know what? This is what I believe. I'm very, like, I'm very adamant in what I believe. I believe in Jesus. I believe the Bible is true. We had that series of our 10 core beliefs. I believe all that stuff. I care deeply. And I want you to know Jesus that way too. But I can't give you a good enough argument. I can't speak emphatic enough to change someone's heart. God does that. And if it's me who's changing their heart, guess what? The next hard thing that comes by or the next issue they have bye bye church bye bye god because it wasn't a true meeting of christ it wasn't a true move of the spirit in their hearts it was just me talking well yes i want to be eloquent yes i want to give a, a good reason for my faith but at some point that is not our responsibility it is god's responsibility to change people's hearts that's why i love like i was so glad that we got to, you know. Jess and Adam, thanks again for coming up and sharing your story. Like, it's beautiful to see God moving in people's hearts. And I was always there. I like, like Adam said, I wasn't trying to put, he knew what I thought. He heard me talk about it every week. He knew I loved Jesus. He knew what I thought of all that. But who did he call? He called me because he knew he could trust me be that for somebody. Get in someone's life. Have meals with them. Most, you don't have to tell people always of like that you believe in Jesus. They probably know if you've talked about it before. If they don't know, sweet, share. But recognize that we're all people. When was the last time someone just came up to you and, and made you change your mind about something? They could have given you a great argument most of the time, a great argument just forces you into your bubble even more. You're like, I don't want to hear it. This is what I believe. This is the right way of doing it. This is important stuff as, as, as we as we think about, you know, getting into life groups, getting into community with each other. Be that place for somebody. Be willing to talk about your faith. Be obedient to God. If you feel the Spirit's leading you to tell somebody, Share your faith, by all means. Let's think about creating that environment, doing in love, being humble, being patient, and let God work how God is going to work. He is in control. And we just get to be a part of it. And then we get to celebrate what God is doing. Let's pray. God, we... We thank you for who you are. And God, as we as we think about how we live our lives, God, I pray that that, that our motivations would be rooted in, in who you are. They would be rooted in the truth of your grace in our lives, your forgiveness towards us. That that would empower us, God, to then live that way. That would empower us to give grace. That would empower us to forgive. to to provide a space for people to come to know you and your goodness and your love. Give us wisdom, God. Give us wisdom to to say things when we need to say things and to to not say something when we shouldn't say something. God, we, we desire to see people come to know you and have a relationship with you and put their faith and trust in you and we ask that you would just use us in that that we would come to see more and more people come to know you and put their faith and trust in you In your name we pray amen if you are somebody who's never put their faith in jesus uh, i would invite you please come talk with one of us or uh maybe even now wh- wherever you are maybe you're watching i don't know but putting your faith in jesus is not saying that i'm going to be perfect it's saying but I, I i believe that jesus died and rose again and that's what we put our faith and our trust in we're going to have a prayer team towards the end of service. And I would I would just encourage you, uh, and I don't know if the prayer team is here, or if the prayer team, if you guys would wanna just be in the back corner, um, if that's you today and you just have questions or you just want prayer, uh, we have, we've got one more song that we're gonna sing together. Um, please talk with somebody. It's just an acknowledgement that I can't do this on my own. I need God. So wherever you are today, I would just encourage you. Like I said we'll have a prayer team in the, in, in the back corner. Um, I'm going to invite you guys to stand and join us. We are going to have one more song. And this last song we're saying is called Build My Life. It's just a, it's just a reminder of, of building our life around him and his love and the truth of who he is in our lives. So let's continue to worship together.